Hey everyone, uh, this is Real Splitter Jeremy. I just wanted to introduce this bonus episode we are going to share with you. We originally recorded this in early October and had some technical issues. Uh, I fixed a lot of them, but it still sounds a little rough, but hopefully you'll enjoy it. Uh, it was posted for a couple of days and uh, a few listeners pointed out that it was very difficult to hear. I think I fixed a lot of those issues, and we have come a long way with the technical aspects of the show, but we did want to post it so it was not lost forever. Uh, So if you haven't heard it yet, uh, it's a little holiday bonus for you. Um, I'm here looking at the snow falling in in northern Illinois, and I'm really excited for what's going to be a beautiful Christmas, and I hope you all are having a great holiday season with your families and are able to enjoy this extra show. I did want to just say... Uh, once again, thank you to all our listeners. It's been a true, true blessing to do the show and to work with Nick and to meet Mary and get to know her and to work with her on the show has just been just been a huge treat. I'm really happy to be able to do it, um, and we look forward to bringing you some, some good stuff here, um, one more in 2017, and then some good content in 2018. Once again, thanks for listening, and enjoy this uh, bonus lost episode. We'll see you soon. <laughs> this week on The Rail Splitter, that's what he said. We're going to talk about some lines that are speaking to us from speeches from Lincoln. These two great gentlemen are dedicated to a proposition. The excellent to each other. Party on, dudes! All right, welcome to the Rail Splitter, the Abraham Lincoln podcast. I am your co-host, Jeremy. With me is Nick. Hello, how you doing, both of you? <laughs> and Mary, Mary, how's it going? Hi, guys, and hello to the Rail Splitter Nation. <laughs> All right, uh, we are once again live on YouTube. It took a little bit of uh, doing, so. Uh, oh, we, we just are, we, we just lost out. a viewer. Um, we ironed out our our technical issues i think i actually remembered how to do it this time so hopefully it'll work out better next time so um we're recording this on tuesday and we will put it out as we always do on thursday so happy thursday to you who are listening on your mobile devices uh we wanted to start today's show by talking about a an interesting news story involving abraham lincoln that came to our attention um kind of indirectly abraham lincoln i guess because it's more of a civil war story this time but Mary, we had some fun with some Civil War stuff in Canada. Yes, we finally have a Canadian Civil War monument. It's located in Cornwall, Ontario, which is about six hours east of where I am in Godrich. And it's on the border with Quebec. And it's located in a historical village called Lost Villages Museums. Um, and it was actually dedicated on the weekend of the 155th anniversary of the Battle of Antietam, which is quite fitting, actually, because one of the Canadians who fought in the Civil War was a guy named, and I'm going to butcher his name when I say this, so I apologize, but Calixa Lavallee, and he is the composer of O Canada. So it was commemorated on the weekend that he was actually wounded at Antietam. Um, so the monument itself is, um, the results of efforts made by this civil war reenactment group called the Montreal Greys and Blues, who are based out of 
obviously Montreal, Quebec. And they raised $44,000 Canadian, which is around $36,000 US to have the monument built. And the monument is basically a black obelisk with a bilingual inscription because, um, and I'm sure most people know this already, but Canada is a bilingual country. So we have two official languages, English and what? French. Well, no, yes. just, I didn't know that. <laughs> um, <and Weed>. anyway, <laughs> so the inscription reads that 40,000 Canadians enlisted and fought in the American Civil War. Over 7,000 died. And on the monument, um, it depicts a Union soldier and a Confederate soldier shaking hands, which when I read that part, I was kind of like, oh, that's interesting. Um, and then, Aww. yeah, I was like, oh, okay. Just like war. Yeah, I was like, oh, okay, all right. Um, and then, the, but the thing that interested me the most was that on a separate sidewall are the names of the 29 Canadians who fought in the Civil War and they won the Medal of Honor. I had no idea about that at all because none of this is taught in school. Um, and so I think it's great that we finally have a Civil War monument, but obviously there's been controversy over it. Um, there was an article in the Toronto Star on August 23rd and stating that it makes a claim about what the Canadian public should commemorate because there are, you know, Union and Confederate soldiers shaking hands. It does not mention the cause of the war. Um, and it's commemorating all of the Canadians, 90% who fought for the Union, 10% who fought for the South. Including the guy shaking that hand, apparently. Yes. <laughs> yes, including that guy. Um, so, so 90% of Canadians got it. Yes, yes, yeah. 90% of them. 10% yes, of us apparently didn't get it. Um, so, I mean, this is, you know, there's been a few news stories about it, and it's making, a, I don't know how many Canadians it's making more aware of the Civil War, but um, I do agree with, agree with what the writer in the Toronto Star said about it. Um, you know, it's kind of, it's like we're taking an almost too neutral stance on the issue of it um and given all that's been happening with monuments recently like it just it seems like okay can't we you know this is an unknown part of canadian history can't we tell the truth about it you know or just say what happened um because i can tell you and like most canadians don't know much about the civil war like i can't tell you how many times you know i've been asked like well you know why are you so interested in it and all that but there i mean and then i've met ones who know quite a bit about it too so um but you know one hand it's great we have it on the other hand i'm kind of like well it could have been maybe done a little bit differently but you know i don't know how to do something like that differently it's kind of a touchy subject mm -hmm. i guess yeah i mean it's interesting that uh, the issues with it are that it's too neutral because that's not at all the issues that we're having with the monuments here yeah to the opposite of neutral yeah um and to too much uh, on one side, obviously, that's promoting something. And, you know, the motivations behind it were quite different. I think the controversy here. Uh, so was it actually the Canadian government that funded it? No, they were not involved at all in the funding of it. Um, it was just this uh, group, this reenactment group from Montreal that raised the money along with this, um, this Lost Villages Museum that raised the money for it. And um, 
like they started, I believe it was last August, June, or no, last June that they started raising the money for it. Um, and I mean, like I said, for the most part, I'm happy we have this monument and I hope it kind of, you know, people go see it and it will incite discussion and maybe teach us about this part of our history that we really don't know much about. Um, you know, when I was reading that book uh, earlier this year about kind of Canada's role in the Civil War, um, and they kind of talked a lot about how, you know, during that time period, there was a fear that the Union would invade up north. Um, you know, there's some things that take place that kind of um, that led to a lot of people to worry about that in Canada. Do you guys touch on that in your school system when you're talking about Canadian independence or no? No, we, we don't like I, and I know for me, cause I, I knew a little bit about it. Like I wondered why we didn't touch on it. And um, the one thing that I've been reading a lot about in these articles about this monument is that a lot of people that are really like who study the civil war in Canada, like there is a belief that we were partially born out of the civil war, which to me is, I, I can see that because we were scared of being taken over, I guess, you know? Um, but yeah, it's not something that we touch upon. Like I had no idea how many Canadians fought in the civil war. I had no idea about the, the medal of honor winners. And it's actually like when I was doing the research, like I went down this like huge rabbit hole finding out about all these notable Canadians who fought in the civil war. And I thought, well, if it's made me do that and reading about it, hopefully it's made other people do that and reading about it. And because it's quite an interesting part of our history. Um, and I mean, the the monument looks really cool. Like it's a neat looking monument from the pictures that I've seen of it. Um, what, when yeah. are you going? When, when, I, when I have like 12 hours to devote to <laughs> driving there and back. How far is it from us, I wonder? Is it closer for oh, us? Oh, no. <laughs> It would be, um, oh, like 18 hours. At least. Is it north of you? Like northeast of me. Um, you'd have to drive through Toronto, um, I think, to get there. I've been there once. It's like kind of a blink and you'll miss it kind of place, I guess. Like it's not like a huge place. It's actually surprising that it's there and not I figured if they were going to do something like that they would have put it in Toronto where it's more accessible to more people but it yeah. sounds like a rail splitter meetup yeah there you go should, yeah Cornwall the Ontario there you go Cornwall Ontario Cornwall, all Ontario. right we, we got four people who are watching right Ooh. now we're, we're all gonna go up right. there there you go oh. I prefer the summer Yes. As opposed yeah. to the winter. Yeah. Oh, um, you don't know. Don't come up here in the winter. I got a beard, so I'll be all right. <laughs> yeah, you'll be fine. Your face will be nice and warm. I kind of did some similar little touring around uh, yesterday, um, kind of in a similar vein to the Civil War Monument in Canada. You um, went to Loves Park? Uh, no, actually, I don't think I was in Loves Park at all. Loves Park is a t the town neighboring ours and that we work for the school. I guess our school serves that 
town. Uh, but I had a training in Galena, Illinois. And those of you who are up on your Ulysses, dude, all you do is go to trainings. I, Man, I need to be an admin. I, I feel like I do more than trainings. that. I feel I feel very strongly like I do more than that. But I do I, go to a lot of trainings. Debatable, debatable. Today I saw you just chit chatting it. And uh, lunch part of the job, man. I gotta like talk to people, and you're talking to Kemp. You talk to Officer Kemp, yeah, our school yeah. resource officer. So if I'm talking to the police, granted, what? you were eyeballing me, both of you, as I walked by. So see, trained observer that one. Um, but I had a training in Galena, Illinois, which if you're up on your Ulysses Grant, uh, he lived there briefly in 1860. And then traveled back as a hero after the war. So it's a really, I, it's a, I recommend taking the jaunt over to Galena if you're ever in Illinois. I feel the drive from where we are in Rockford, Illinois, uh, west over to Galena is like the most beautiful drive you can do in Illinois, which, you know, doesn't sound like much, but it's actually a pretty scenic drive. Once you drive to southern Illinois from here, you would understand. Right. Southern Illinois, central Illinois. The suburbs of Chicago, not oh, the most God, That's the worst, the yeah. suburbs of Chicago. Not the most scenic drive, but from Rockford over to Galena is. But anyway, so I recommend that, obviously. But also, if you're in Galena, they do a really good job um, of kind of keeping the town. It's got an old town, old-timey kind of feel. And there's um, Grant's home, which was interestingly given to him by the members of the town they all chipped in and bought him a mansion which is what you did for your heroes back then apparently um so he was kind of a no-name kind of guy working in his dad's leather uh, shop leather tanning uh store in downtown Kalina in 1860 uh when the war broke out and he uh or in 1861 when the war broke out he uh went to join back into the army uh and then obviously we we know quite a lot where his path went from there, uh, but he came back and um, was given that mansion. Uh, I went to the Galena slash U.S. Grant Museum. Been there. Very cool. Yep. It looks, uh, nice I would recommend museum. it for sure. It looks really small from the outside. It looks like a house. Um, it's actually quite, quite spacious inside. There's quite a lot to it. Um, it's still... I mean, it's a small city, small town museum, so it's not going to be too too crazy. Uh, but there's a really nice uh, few exhibits on the town itself. It was a mining city, which is what gave it its boom in the 1820s and 1830s. Um, so there's you an could, actual mine shaft in the back of the museum, which is really neat. Um, what one of the highlights? I think they would call it the highlight. The mine would be the one of the of highlights of the museum is you could look down the shaft. Right, well, that's a low point. Yep. But you, but you're yep, looking at it. it. You are looking from a high point down. Mm, it's on the first floor. That joke, that joke yeah. just lost us a viewer. Yeah. I hope you saw that. I, I'm just, I'm, I'm so caught up in the moment of the show that I'm not gonna, I'm not paying attention to the number of viewers, oh, I mean, especially I, since you're reminding us every thirty seconds. So, um, it's only the second time, and we've probably got thousands of people listening on their mobile devices at any time of the day because yeah, that's we, what well, podcasts we did, are. We did have <laughs> thousands. Now we're probably in the hundreds. So, um, anyway, uh, also in the U.S. Grant Galena Museum is. A boot, a single boot of Grant's. It's a left boot. The right boot is gone. 
And there's a nice little story. You know the significance it. of that left boot? Yeah, he. Uh, oh, it was I, a riding boot. So he rode his horse into town for a meeting, took off his boots to have the meeting, his riding boots, and gave them to a kid. And so they had the boots kind of there. There's Grant's boots. And then they lent one of the boots to a theater company that was in town performing. And that theater company left with it. So there's only one boot left. And it's in this museum. So you can see a boot worn by Ulysses Grant, which is pretty cool. I would have um, taken the left boot. I, well, the museum has the left boot, so we now have it for posterity. It's so. like that new Twix that's coming out. You can get the left Twix package or the right Twix. Yeah, except Twix. Yeah, I, I guess. I mean... Twix it's kind of cool for... to be that close to a boot of Ulysses Grant's. Also, in the same display case, a cigar butt of Ulysses Grant's. And it's one of those things, like, you're like, holy cow, this is, like, the coolest thing ever. The story behind it is he was smoking, like, the story behind it is exactly what you would think it would be. He was finished it, tossed the butt on the ground, and the kid picked it up. And was like, this is Ulysses Grant's cigar butt, <laughs> and kept it. <laughs> so, like, that... I guess that's how you would find a cigar wow. butt. Um, which, you're thinking, which like, oh killed my God, this is so amazing. Then you're like, how many cigar butts <laughs> did he throw on the ground? It's probably only them survived. Maybe only one. I don't know. But it killed him. I like cigars. to think that his cigar yep. butts just like went into the ground, and now it's just part of it's yep. part of us. It's part they're of all they're all over. Never Sh- they're it. all over Shiloh Battlefield. They're probably See, all over Shiloh. All over. Um, other cool things in that museum, there is the original, the only, whatever that Thomas Nast's painting, um, shoot, I can't remember the title. I think it's like United, so it's at Appomattox and it's showing, um, Lincoln and Grant, sorry, Lincoln and Grant, Grant and Lee, uh, shaking hands at Appomattox. It's a really, it's actually pretty breathtaking because they're kind of in a small museum and it's a really big painting. I'll probably be, I mean, there's... I don't know, probably 15. Peace in Union is what it's called. Um, There's probably 15 or 20 figures in that painting. um, And they're close to life size. It's a really, it takes up most of that wall. Um, And it's it's got some pretty well-known figures in there. Uh, Your buddy Phil Sheridan is in the painting. Mm -hmm. Um, There's a guy that looks just like Custer. I'm thinking it's Custer's in that painting. Yeah, Custer was there, I think. Chamberlain's probably in that painting too. And I really should remember. Uh, there's like a little like display where you can like touch the guys and they, and like a little info bubble pops up. It's kind of like an older computer technology that they have on it. Um, I don't, I shared in for sure popped up with a little bio. Um, the, and it's not that there's that famous painting where they're seated at the table and Grant's got muddy boots on. It's not that painting. They're actually standing, mm-hmm. um, shaking hands. The, the, um, who is that? I can't remember his name. The Native American officer who was there. Who was Parker? Kind of, yes. Parker, yeah. I think that's his name. Uh, who, he was the scribe. He wrote everything down. Eli Par- yep. Parker. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, he was also from Galena. Spent some time in Galena and then ended up uh, in the Grant administration as the commissioner of Indian Affairs. Uh, he's featured prominently in the painting. It's really, really worth checking out. It's a pretty breathtaking piece. And Thomas Nast, obviously, he's a famous American. He uh, ended up being a pretty influential political cartoonist. I believe his work was the, he started the elephant and the donkey. Yep. I believe. Uh, There's also, and I didn't know he did like a, like I didn't realize he had civil war painting, you know, I didn't, that he was known for until I went to this museum. And then I've seen it too. It is a beautiful piece. 
There's also a uh, fairly unique portrait of Grant that was painted at Chattanooga, I believe. But he's in full dress uniform, which is rare. Mm -hmm. um, and it's a very formal looking portrait. So that was that was cool. Some of the other things in the museum that might draw people in, there's like a hologram show thing that's it's okay. The acting is outstanding. <laughs> I remember that. It's kind of like it, it, the idea is that it's um, his wife and him kind of welcoming you to the house. It's weird. I was just listening to a podcast, and a lady on it was talking about the LBJ Museum. Did LBJ who tells jokes? Yeah, it does. Yeah, oh, I was wow. there almost exactly a year ago. Um, the LBJ, I would recommend highly and if you listen last week to our, our episode with Stephen Hannigan he lives in Austin and we kind of briefly mentioned the LBJ Museum in that episode it is worth checking out it is really cool the best part of that museum and I know we're getting a little off topic here but we'll get back I promise um, you can they have like old like period phones and you can pick them up and you can hear recorded phone conversations from the Johnson White House so there's a conversation between like Lyndon Johnson and Martin Luther King and like you're listening to it on a period phone with the actual recording it was, cool. it's really cool um, and there's also a like a seven eighths uh, or three quarter scale oval office from the time mm -hmm. like modeled after the Johnson oval office super cool very similar feeling being in there to being in the cabinet room of Lincoln Museum Oh, which is my favorite cool. part of the Lincoln Museum. Uh, there are not figures in the Johnson one, uh, but it's kind of like decorated perfectly to, to Lincoln's offices with the cabinet in it. That's full of, uh, I called them wax and that wasn't right. Was it latex? Latex figures. Yep. Yeah. Of his whole cabinet. Yeah, Dr. Cornelius. He, he, yeah, he let you know what was up. <laughs> he gave you that jackass. Man look you know like yeah. you're a jackass not dr cornelius no of course not yeah <laughs> i mean of course i am you, you, and, and i and i know that look because he gave it to me about 15 times yeah. in our conversation <laughs> that's why we went to youtube so you can see our looks hey <laughs> did you grab a burger from dirty gertz in downtown galena i don't i don't eat meat so oh yeah yeah i forgot about that <laughs> yeah so no uh, i did not i went there once and then I'm like, oh, yeah, I'm going to get this spicy burger. So the waitress comes and she's like, you know, this is really spicy. You're going to be able to handle it. Well, at that point, I had to get it regardless. And I'm like, yeah, I can. Oh, man, the worst mistake oh. of my life. Just sweating all over. <laughs> had to make a pit stop later in the day. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> this is where Nick uh, spirals to show. That's right. Yeah, so, I, uh, <laughs> But anyway, don't talk is full of nice shops and restaurants it's a really neat spot uh there's a big statue and i tried to post as many photos of this as i could uh there's a nice uh statue that's called grant our citizen and uh that's right in grant park in the river there's in that park there's a bunch of cannons uh two of them are from the civil war but one of them uh, was an actively used uh, gun at fort sumter uh, which was neat, and it was donated, or donated, given to the Confederacy by some sympathizers in England, and it was forged in Liverpool, which is why Man United is the best team in red, because Liverpool gave a gun 
to the Confederacy. I don't know. I don't watch. I don't watch hockey. I used to. Crossing the pond is a little far for a sports reference for us here. Um, and then I don't want to like talk about my day. Like that was only like I spent an hour, but I've been to Galena. It's a great place to spend a weekend. Um, I was kind of doing just like a, you know, my training get out. I ran over just to see some sights quickly and snaps. Bus. Uh, one uh, fun thing I did on the way back between Galena and Rockford is free. Report, uh, and uh, some of you may know the second Lincoln Douglas debate was in Freeport. Uh, I was born in Freeport, and I did the little GPS thing standing on the site of the Lincoln Douglas debate 1.2 miles from where I was born. So I thought that was kind of cool. Oh, that's Dang. Cool. Yeah. So um and it was also that debate was my brother was born in the same city and he was born on the same date same month and day as the debate so for a year <laughs> um but anyway um that's they've done a nice job with uh commemorating the lincoln douglas debate in freeport they got some little statue there on debate square they call it uh, it's right across from a place called union dairy which is an awesome place to grab. It's like an old timey fifties kind of feel ice cream shop. Super awesome. You should check it out. It was closed when I got there. Um, the, uh, there's also like a big rock because before they made statues and stuff, apparently they just put rocks pieces and there's a group that hauled this rock from Southern Wisconsin, set it on the debate square and put a plaque on it that said, this is where the Lincoln Douglas were. And the sitting president of the United States, Theodore Roosevelt, came to town to say, yes, this is a monument. So he <laughs> dedicated the monument. And it's, like, it's just a big rock. So that's there. There's a picture of that on our Instagram, uh, Rail Splitter Pot, uh, with the plaque and a plaque that says Theodore Roosevelt's name. Kind of a funny story. The plaque said, dedicated by President Roosevelt. And then President Roosevelt. Roosevelt's, Roosevelt's son was visiting Freeport in the late 1930s and told them they needed to fix that because there was another President Roosevelt and so they needed to say President Theodore Roosevelt so they had to redo the black because Theodore Roosevelt Jr. <laughs> wanted it to specify <laughs> less people got confused from the 1903 dedication but, you know. it's a lot of history about a rock it is yeah. That's kind of Then cool. I went to, yeah, in Taylor Park in Freeport, half a mile from the debate site, there's a giant Lincoln statue, uh, giant's probably 15 to 18 feet tall maybe, um, called Lincoln the Debater, and it's super cool. <laughs> so I checked that out. And took I'm just pictures. looking at the picture. Um, I also... On, I'm looking at the picture on, on Instagram right now. It's it's very cool. Yeah, it's it's just kind of in the middle of a... Um, kind of a ballpark-ish kind of place. So, um, there's um also in Galena. I forgot to mention the Grant Home is definitely worth a tour. Word to the wise, it's closed on Monday and Tuesday. Yesterday was Monday, so I was not able to take a tour. I've taken it in the past though. So, but you can get up and take pictures. And one really cool note about the Grant Home: there is a very nice statue of Julia Dent Grant. One of the very, very, very few statues of one first lady specifically. Uh, when it went up, I believe it was the third 
statue anywhere of a first lady. So there's a Mary Todd Lincoln in Racine, and there's a couple Eleanor Roosevelt's in New York. Um, so Springfield has one other Mary Todd uh, Lincoln statue, but it's more of the family, and it's kind of his departure from Springfield in 1861. So anyway, Galena and Freeport, both very cool towns, kind of on the same little road trip. They're about 50 miles apart to check out a little bit of Lincoln slash Grant history. Um, Lincoln did give a speech in Galena um, in the balcony still exists where he gave speech from. He gave 1856. At a, so, the, the DeSoto house? DeSoto house, that's correct. I stayed there. So did Abraham Lincoln. The floor cool. was like slanted. It wasn't. And then Abraham Lincoln slanted. I don't know. Probably not. <laughs> but the room I was in was slanted. So, um, Like you could roll a golf ball would go from one end to the other end. Dude, wow. place. Or that could have been the dirty <laughs> that oh, caused the hallucination. So, but anyway, I would highly recommend just hanging out a little bit in uh, Freeport. Um, I we, we talked about on the show maybe two or three weeks ago about like going to all the debate sites. Um, that'd be that'd be really cool. Rail splatter meetups. That'd be cool. Rail splatter meetups. Uh, there was one. It's I don't know if I can name them all. First one was in Ottawa, mm -hmm. then Freeport, Freeport, Galesburg, Johnsboro, Charleston, Alton. Alton, really? I think so. Yep. Yeah, Alton, I think, was one of them. I can't yeah. think what the other one is. Let's go. They're all small Quincy. towns. Yeah. Ew, I don't think oh. it's Quincy. Might be in that area. They're all smaller towns. Uh, Freeport's, Freeport and Charleston are probably the biggest. Not yet. Yeah. Is it Carbondale or Charleston? I don't know. Um, might have been Carbondale. Um, but anyway, um, but there's there are a lot of small towns. So I don't know what other cities have done, but the Lincoln and Douglas one in Freeport was put up in the 90s. Um, it's, it's, it's cool. It's worth checking out. Oh, here they are. Ottawa, Freeport, Charleston, Galesburg, Quincy, Alton. We got them all. We did it, gang. Wow. Awesome. Um, so, uh, yeah. I second guess Charleston, but it is Charleston. October 7th, Galesburg. Let's go. That was the uh, yeah. That's dude. That's Saturday. <laughs> that's it's a little quick, a little short notice for a jaunt over to Galesburg. Quincy, October thirteenth. That's oh, far away. You'll be out of town. Far away. Yeah. I'm I will Saturday. Be. Hi, Mary. Me, me, and Quincy. Okay. October thirteenth. I'm on the thirteenth. Um, yeah. <laughs> I'll just skip work. That's fine. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that's what I'm what's, doing. What's twenty yeah. hours in the car to go to? Quincy. It's homecoming. I've been that's to Quincy. Fine. It's almost. It's like, that's that's on the border. That's almost in Missouri. So. It is. All right. Well, that's enough probably talking about my two, my little travel. And I can fill you in on the conference, I suppose. It was an update on school law, riveting stuff. Um, <laughs> Sounds maybe, awful. Yeah. Was, I like that stuff. Is, is there uh, an increase in pay? Is there a law saying that, that I should get paid more? <laughs> no. Yeah. There's a specific law that Nick needs pay. <laughs> Nick needs more money. I, I think we get some people behind that. Perhaps. Nick so, needs a razor. <laughs> Um, we wanted to start the show. Um, obviously, um, we wanted to at least take a couple seconds to talk about Las Vegas um, and how much that, how painful that is for us, um, for everybody. Mm -hmm. um, not to talk about, and unfortunately, it's not shocking anymore, and it really should be. Uh, but we wanted to send positive energy and positive vibes to anybody impacted 
affected by the shooting in Las Vegas. Also, Puerto Rico is going through a hard time. Um, so we wanted to send more positive vibes southward. Um, I feel like we do this a lot to be done. I agree. Um, continue to send positive vibes to people in Florida as well well as Houston area Mm -hmm. and Texas. Um, They're still cleaning up. Puerto Rico has a long way to go. Um, The Vegas shooting is, yeah, it's almost becoming the norm. I was showing a clip part in class the other day, and then, like, I I had some kids, like, it was just on as they were coming in, and then just kind of let it play. There was a good, like, guy sharing, Mm -hmm. you know, then a, a powerful story about how it occurred, and, like, there's like a good chunk of the class, maybe like a quarter of it, kind of just on their phones talking with people. And I kind of mentioned to them, I'm like, you know, this is like a quarter of you weren't even paying attention. It's like we've almost become desensitized to it. Um, I think I, Jimmy Kimmel, I think, did a great job talking about I don't know if you two saw that at all mm-hmm. on social media. And I really think he did a good job. And I was thinking about Lincoln and how Lincoln – would approach something like this. First mm-hmm. of all, we, we've talked about this in the past, the way Lincoln handled stuff, going to visit soldiers yep. and kind of the stories. And, you know, and we, we could talk endlessly about how Trump doesn't get it. Mm-hmm. I, I think you could see that if you watched the clips on him in Puerto Rico today. Yeah, handing um, out, what was it, paper towels to people or something? Is that what he was doing and just today? Just the way he talked and, like, basically saying, oh, this isn't a catastrophe. Like, a ch-. I mean, that's not what you say. Right. And a moment of crisis, whether it's true or not. Um, but to me, the gun control issue, how people are saying this isn't a time to talk about it. You know, this is a time to talk about it because it's happened over and over and over again. And I think it's and based on what Lincoln and reading his stuff and preparing for the show, he was a very much a common sense, logical, rational mm-hmm. thinker. And that's how he created arguments. And I think he would be in favor of the or I'm not saying get rid of all guns, but definitely gun control needs to take a step forward. Yeah, and I, I truly believe yeah. he'd be in favor of it. I completely he's agree with you, Nick. Decision to do. Yeah. There is no reason to have a gun where you can mow down, you know, 500, inch 500 people from a 30-second floor. I mean, you don't need that when hunting. So, um, I don't know. I don't mean to get political, but I do believe Lincoln would be for gun control. Yeah, I agree with you. He would. I do too. And I mean, I possibly to a fault, like, I don't think being political is something to avoid, even in a professional yeah. context, because like part of my job is to keep kids safe every day. So obviously I care quite a lot about preventing things like this. Um, in our city, in Rockford, Illinois, last night, a three-year-old was shot in a drive-by shooting. So oh this is, God. you know, I a hundred percent support gun control for right. situations like Las Vegas, but looking at the fact that over 12,000 people die every year in this country from guns, the mass shootings are terrorist attacks that are that need, must be stopped. But there's another 11,500 people that are also going to die from gun violence, and that's, that's a problem, obviously. Um, and how would Lincoln, you know, what I've kind of said, and we talked about this with the Congress, Congressman Scalise, situation when we first started the show when we look back in history at lincoln's assassination it's absurd to think someone could go up in a balcony 
open a door and shoot the president in the back of the head. Like, that's just mind-blowingly simple. Like, it was the easy. It was that easy. Like, you know, I mean, it's almost laughable, right? Like, how often he could have been assassinated because he just walked around. And, you know, I hope that violence like this someday becomes as, like, implausible to us. Like, someday we will look back and think, like, can you imagine there was a time when you just opened fire on a hotel room window? And for for the security measures and people to be safe enough, where that's like, wow, that's you know that would never happen now. Much like the Lincoln, essentially, no one, no one's gonna have the ability just to walk up and shoot the president. However, they could walk up and shoot anyone of us. That's not a good, not a good situation. Yeah. Um, and I also would like to bring up Lincoln's constitutional arguments about slavery. Um, there was a lot of the founding fathers intended this, that, and whatever, and Lincoln was very much a proponent of, you know, the constitution is a flexible document and the necessary and proper clause and whatever, like you can justify outlawing slavery and not claim that just because the founding fathers included it when they started, that it should be the law forever and ever. So this idea that the second amendment is intent, you know, we use the constitution as a basis for internet law it can be flexible enough to make gun laws that are responsible for 2017. So I, I want to build off something you were saying about how you hope violence becomes like this crazy, impossible idea. Mm -hmm. I hope that the gun control debate that we have turns into like the slavery debate where there's such an obvious right side to it mm -hmm. that we look back on and it's hard to fathom that we were even debating it. Yeah, you know, I feel like we're that way now. You know, like, like I really, you know, that like the arguments for it are so absurd. Like, you know, like I don't want to have to strapped with a semi-automatic weapon, like with this crazy idea, like I'm going to protect myself. Like, if every yeah. single one of those, like, like you really want thirty thousand people shoot returning fire in that situation, like that would kill so many well, more people. Um, but anyway, I don't want to get too bogged down in this. Um, I do want to, like, the Constitution, I think, is important. And, and it's also interesting in an Abraham Lincoln podcast to, to at least point out the Second Amendment was designed for people to defend themselves mm -hmm. in the case of an armed, an armed rebellion. clearly was what Abraham Lincoln's primary concern was as president. And no one needed their guns that they had stocked at home. They relied on being actual military, the militias, yeah. which were a thing, gathered together to no longer be a militia to become a military. Um, like even then, in rebellion, it wasn't something we needed to defend ourselves against. The government was able to kind of, you know, do that for us. Yeah. And now they're infinitely more prepared to continue to do that for us. So we don't need these insane you know, automatic mega clip. Yeah. I think, rifles. I think we should have any gun we want, but you can't kneel during a football game. Th then you should go to jail. No, that's sarcasm. No, yeah. really. <laughs> just because of sarcasm to me. Like I can say things that are offensive that I'm being sarcastic. So it's okay. So, well, th th never mind. We're going right, to so, go down the rabbit hole and get into a political discussion. This is your first rail splitter. We do like to talk about current events. We do like yeah. to bring Lincoln into it. Usually we don't take quite this much time, but obviously 
these are dark times. Well, we need to talk about it. It's an, um, impor- it's an important issue. And it's, well, I mean, seeing it from Canada, it, I mean, it shakes us every single time because it becomes the front page story on all of our newspapers. And I had customers coming in today and they would, they said to me, is this going to stop it? Is this going to be the mass shooting that ends it? And, you know, I get asked that by them and I, you know, they're probably being rhetorical. They don't expect an answer, but, you know, I said to one guy today, I said, sadly, probably not, you know, that I don't know what else, what else it will take, but like our hearts are all going out to all of you like affected by it. And all we feel here when it happens is just like, just sadness and sorrow and just like we want it to change as much as as you do because you're our neighbor and like like an ally as well and it's it's it was heartbreaking when i had to um you know the retail store i work in we sell newspapers every day and i had to put the newspapers out and that's what i see on the front page is that and it it's very heartbreaking and i i hope someday that it changes that it can be cra- that can be a crazy story, you know. It's depressing, that's for sure. Yeah, I th- in in the Union, it's one of the most <laughs> the best publications out there, and they they've again reprinted their story, uh, something along the lines of this this can't be stopped. Says nation where nation where this thing ever happens, like we're the only place that has this, and we and it's an epidemic, and it's. It's a major, major issue. So, uh, moving on to what he said, uh, each of us have, um, and it's fairly simple and straightforward show, but we just like to talk about Abraham Lincoln. So that's kind of what we're going to do. I got a quote that's not from Lincoln to get this ball rolling though. <laughs> We've talked about things that aren't Lincoln enough on this Abraham Lincoln yeah, podcast Lincoln, today. Keep Lincoln going. is in the quote. <laughs> okay. And it's by Obama who we've compared to Lincoln and talked about a couple of. Uh, Obama's quote, 2009 Arizona State commencement speech, Abraham Lincoln and Millard Fillmore had the same title. They were both presidents of the United States, but their tenure in office and their legacy could not be more different. Thank you, Captain Obvious. Yeah. <laughs> so what is he saying? Like, just just because you're a college grad, that doesn't mean anything to do something. That's probably where you're No, no, no. At. He's saying Fillmore sucked, Lincoln oh, ruled. Yeah. Yeah, he's saying that, but they were both president. Yeah. It's kind of like, like the, the person who graduates last. No, or... I didn't. I didn't even look that deep. I just I saw that... that I could use it to bash Fillmore, yeah, so I thought I'd tie it in. I think it's kind of like saying, like, like, what do you call the person that graduated last in their medical school class? Doctor, so you gotta be careful sometimes. Fillmore was a president, our current president is president, but do they share anything with Abraham Lincoln other than that title? No, not really. Okay, so that's what he said. If we can get back to the topic at hand, uh, we've each taken a line that is speaking to us uh, from Abraham Lincoln, and we're just gonna chat about it because that's what we like to do from time to time on the show. Uh, so I don't want to go first. So I'm going to not Got it. Mary, you first. I'll go first. So I didn't pick a speech. You're a victim of the slight <laughs> lag in, in communication over Google chat. So yeah. um, take it away. So I didn't pick a speech. I ended up picking a letter. 
Um, and it's the letter that Lincoln wrote to You Fanny. cheated. Hey. <laughs> this was in the group text. I, it was clearly like, hey. Yeah. <laughs> She's like, I'm going to use a letter. And we we're all like, okay, let's do it. Yep. That is true. That is true. So I picked I know, the, I was there. I picked a very famous letter that he wrote on um, in December of 1862 to Fanny McCullough, uh, whose father William was killed in a night raid in Mississippi. And the quote I took from it is this: "You are sure to be happy again. To know this, which is certainly true, will make you some less miserable now. I have experience enough to know what I say." And the whole letter, but especially that line, is just such a wonderful example of Lincoln's empathy. Um, and I was reading up on Fanny McCullough, and there's not much written about her, um, but apparently when her, she found out her father had been killed, she was inconsolable. Um, and Lincoln actually was friends with her father. He, um, her father was a clerk um, when he rode the circuit in Illinois. Um, but the other thing that I find just about the, the quote is that Lincoln is finding, he's consoling somebody even in his own grief that he's probably still feeling from his son Willie passing away um, several months prior to this. And it just shows that um, like Lincoln gets it. He just, he's able to console her with this beautiful letter, you know, saying, you are very, very sad now, but one day you'll be happy and you'll have such happy memories of your father. And um, I found that when I was, you know, going through and looking at the different quotes and believe me, I thought of pick, you know, I thought of picking like better angels or with malice toward none, but then this hit me and I thought like, um, this letter gives hope. And so does the quote that I've chosen. And he does that with so many of his speeches with, you know, the better angels or with malice toward none with charity for all. He's just, about giving hope and whether it's consoling a girl who's lost his father or consoling a nation who's at civil war, he's, he's giving hope. And that's why I chose that one quote for, for this episode. Well, I like that. Um, and I, I think some of our best conversations about Lincoln are about him as a person um, is, is, interesting as the policy discussions are and the legal discussions are and the political discussions are like trying to get at who he was as a person um, is so much more nuanced and more interesting. And I really like how you picked out something that shows the best of him and something that we can all learn about. He is that one of the highest of uh, the human connections we can have. And I talk about it at work a lot. Blacks work in education, and sometimes it's challenging to be empathetic because we have students from a lot of different backgrounds, and sometimes it's not easy to work with teenagers, and, and sometimes that empathy is hard. And Lincoln is is someone who had as much hate directed at him as anybody or any political figure. And yet he had so much grace and so much empathy and composure and sympathy. Mm -hmm. um, so I really like how you pulled that quote. It shows shows the better of his oh. better nature, better yeah, angels of you. his nature, without actually saying it, which was cool. Yeah. Well, thank you. My next. I thought you could maybe give a little commentary on the quote that Mary had. <laughs> I don't know I, if I can empathize with your apathy. <laughs> 
How was that for vocab? I don't know what you're saying, but uh, <laughs> I, I liked it. That was a good quote. Well, thank you. This is this is a, a lesson in feedback for those of you educators out there. <laughs> be specific. <laughs> be, never mind. But I'm not going to get that. But yeah, I, I liked I, it. I liked it too. I agree. I it was it. touching. Um, I liked that it wasn't you know one of the more famous ones. Something kind of a little bit behind clo- uh, closed doors. Mm-hmm. And the way out there, something that he didn't have to do, uh, but he took time to do. So, um, you know, good representation of Lincoln. Right. And I think that uh, personal correspondence reveals a lot about him. You know, this was not intended for anyone other than mm-hmm. her and perhaps her family. So, like, you really see who he is when, when he when you read things like that. Yeah, it yeah. just it, it just when I was reading through everything and then that just that one line touched me so much and because I realized I'm like, oh, he gets it because he lost his mother when he was nine and he had, you know, children that died as well. And just too it with everything going on in the world too, like it just it was like it's hope. Um, as so many of his speeches can give us, as you know, with better angels with malice towards none and even this. Like you can read them and just even in the darkest times, you can pull hope out of them. And that's what I pulled out of this letter was hope. Yeah. And that's something that I do. Um, and I know a lot of our, our listeners do. Um, I mean, we just had someone post on the Facebook group, one of our, one of our biggest supporters about uh, when we, when all this stuff in Vegas was going down, he wanted to raise some Lincoln. Mm-hmm. And I feel the same way sometimes, yep. you know, sometimes it's music for me. Sometimes, I mean, it's always my family, but sometimes I just want to read a little bit about yeah. some of Lincoln's actual words and it's, um, it's comforting. What about rail splitting? I, I don't, it's therapeutic too. I'm not going to yeah. lie. Like it is. This, show is it is. Yeah, this is rail split. Not like the actual, although that could be therapeutic. Oh, I thought you meant actually splitting rails. I've never split a rail. That could, I, I, I could see that I, being therapeutic. Maybe, maybe my, maybe the T-shirts we make will say we split rails figuratively. Maybe one day we should like open like this comes on and we're just out there splitting rails. Maybe because we are doing a podcast, hopefully forever, on someone whose life, you know, has been over for a long mm-hmm. time. So like, there's a finite amount of material. Oh yeah. So at one point we might have to resort to actually splitting rails. The art of splitting rails. Yeah. We'll be out <laughs> there with period axes. Yeah. Splitting actual rails. That would be pretty awesome. Maybe for episode two. That's like how we start, <laughs> and then we use the wood that you know that we split, build a fire, and then we do like the. Maybe we'll do we'll, we'll do split the rails for the cabin. railroads, not for a fire. I know, but no. we gotta burn it. <laughs> and then uh and then then we could do quotes number two. He's what he said, number two. That's what he said. Or because we're using axes, we could talk about Abraham Lincoln vampire hunter. There you go. <laughs> because the book, rail. the book. The book the book, yeah, the the book, book is good. Really. The, book. the movie's too unrealistic. <laughs> I stand by that statement. The book was a I fun mashup. It was so it's a good. Great genre. You, the movie was just a steaming pile of garbage. <laughs> I know he reads this quote about empathy and, and what <laughs> and he nice to as human beings. And somehow <laughs> we end up talking about the damn vampire movie again. You made me talk more. 
I did. I, pr I pressured you into saying something nice for both and started making jokes. I get it, man. I know you. I mean, I'm trying to get Nick that fourth viewer next. back. Nick gets to read his I'm next. Back. They, should, they turned you're it next. off. It's not like they're going to be like, oh, maybe I'll turn it back. All right. You're next, Nick. What line do we have? How many are we doing? Are we just doing one? Is that the game plan still? Uh, based on time, we spent a lot of time on some other stuff for good reason. So I think based on time, uh, just to keep it around an hour show, we'll each do one. And then we can do another one at another yeah, time. Do part oh, oh, gosh. I, I got four here. Whoa. That's what I had, too. I, I had didn't share this, guys, with you. I didn't share this with you on Google Docs? No. Usually so. I'm so good at we doing We can do that. more than one. I have one ready to go. Uh, all right. I'm not going to do my Mexican-American war one. But basically, he basically says, Polk, you're a liar. I kind of asked the wrong. You know that. Um, I do. I'm going to go with the Cooper Union speech from 1860. To kind of put him on the map as far as Republican nominee out on the East Coast. Probably without this speech, it would have been very hard for him to get the nomination. Um, in the speech, he kind of lays out the case against slavery. But there's one line that I found that I kind of feel shows how Lincoln thought and how he put stuff together. All right. So to be sure what the robber demanded of me, my money was my own and I had a clear right to keep it, but it was no more my own than my vote is my own and a threat of death to me to extort my money and a threat of destruction to the union to extort my vote can scarcely be distinguished in principle. So I think he's kind of dressing that fear attack. They, you know, if you vote a certain way, it's going to lead to a split, mm -hmm. and we're not going to give in to that. You know, this whole argument is just another way of you trying to take my vote from me. So I just, it just kind of resonated with me. Um, I think it constructs about stuff, constructs an argument. So that's why I chose that. Yeah, I think there's some parallels there too with a lot of his. His, his belief on slavery but mm -hmm. how he explained it because he says like he does a lot of like uh, you can't split me like my money is mine you can't take it my vote is mine you can't take it mm -hmm. then take that the next step my my freedom my humanity my rights are mine you can't separate those and and that's what that word in a alienable means mm -hmm. it's not a word we use i don't know if it's a word anybody ever used but that's what that means inalienable rights means that it is impossible to separate those rights from the person and i think those are the parallels he's made that separate my money which i've earned from me don't separate my vote which is my right from me because you can't mm -hmm. And then the next step would be you can't separate my humanity and my freedom from me because it is innately part of me and my condition as a human or inalienable uh, to me. Um, so I think he does that quite a lot. Um, talks about sometimes he uses sweat as a metaphor for hard work that you, you know, they should, the fruits of our labor. He kind of uses that a lot. The people are basically entitled to their own sweat. They're entitled to their own fruits of their labor. They're entitled to their own money. So I think this is a another well-articulated argument about slavery that he has. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I completely agree with what you just said, Jeremy. And 
awesome quote, Nick. Like it just Lincoln, like, you know, in reading over his speeches on the weekend and just letters, like he has a way of putting things so, so that the vast majority of people are going to get it. You know, and when you mention something like money is mine, people are going to start, you know, like, oh yeah. And they're going to start making connections with that. Like, and that's what he was just, he was incredible at doing that. I like to contrast the uh, Cooper. Like the pre-presidential speeches are long, very nuanced. Like he draws out the argument, but both inaugurals, the Gettysburg Address, like so short, to the point, still has rich language, still has metaphor, still has interesting uh, ways to articulate a point. Uh, but it's, you know, as I was looking for lines, I looked at the Cooper Union speech and I'm like, man, you know, this was very much propelled him to the nomination and put him on the map, at least nationally. Um, so it's an extremely important speech and was very well attended and well publicized. Um, but it's so different than any speech he made really since, um, because as president, his speeches were notably short and really much much different so mm -hmm. it's i think it's a very key speech because it is one of the last long form kind of headlining type speeches like a speech for the sake of making the speech i like yes. to think it's kind of like lincoln's lawyer speech politician speech like it's his lawyer yeah. brain going there mm -hmm. into a yeah. politician speech and mm -hmm. he and i wish somebody would do this now with like this gun control debate you know he basically goes through all the founding fathers and finds all the different times that they were outspoken against slavery, basically going back to those people that say our founding fathers, you know, were for slavery. And then he basically, what was it, like 39 out of the so number, mm -hmm. he gave prime examples of where they spoke out against the spreading of slavery. Mm -hmm. And then I kind of feel like he had his lawyer hat on, this lawyer hat when he was putting this together. Right. Yeah, I think so. And yeah. It's it, obviously when he's not in office, and even when he, when he was a legislator, those speeches are different because he's not actually yeah. doing anything to make a point and persuade people. When he was the leader, when he was president, he was doing so much more, and you know, so those actions were backed up with with what he was with with. Uh, the speech is just kind of supported what he's doing, Emancipation Proclamation and, and all that work. So, um, but I think you make a good point about transitioning from lawyering to being a politician. Yeah, yeah that's a good. So right. you're up, hot chat. All right. <laughs> um, I did. Uh, um, with mouse towards none. You end the show with that every week. I do. and I Did you choose that one? I, I very closely, very <laughs> close to that. And I'm going to tell you why in a second. Um, I, <laughs> I'll be honest, I really wanted to pull something from the Freeport debate because I was born so close and I was just there. I'm like, oh, this is going to be cool. But that Freeport debate, you hear Newt Gingrich is really known for, it, but some politicians always throw around like, I want to have a Lincoln-Douglas style debate. I don't know if they really know what that is, but the Lincoln Lincoln Douglas style debates were one spoke for an hour, the other spoke for an hour and a half, then the first spoke for a half hour. That's it. So hour, hour and a half, 
half hour. Not good TV. Not good no. TV. Like, I mean, picture 90 minutes of one person talking in any other form than this podcast. And, you know, that's not, re- you know, like, not really 21st century debating. Um, and it's not really the, the, the heated back and forth that people really get into. Now, that said, I think modern political debate could afford maybe increase in the 92nd mm-hmm. uh, but anyway so i didn't really see something that jumped out of me out of that debate uh, the big thing that that came out of that was the the freeport doctrine which was came from douglas and that was the big uh, headline from that debate um and i think because it was the earlier one is only the second one uh it, they were still kind of feeling each other in a way. So, um, so I didn't end up taking anything from the Freeport debate, which opened things up for me a little bit. And I did decide to take a line from my favorite speech of Lincoln. Uh, Quincy debate. <laughs> yes, my favorite speech from Lincoln is the Quincy debate. Uh, no, the from the from the second inaugural, uh, and it is what follows the famous males toward none line is because I think a lot of people overlook it because it's from such a famous line. Uh, I think there's a lot of the first inaugural that we tend to ignore because it's not the better angels of our nature line. I think there's a lot of the Gettysburg address that people like, like don't ignore, but don't know well because it's not the all men are created equal and it's not the shall not perish from the earth. Like it's, that middle part about sacrifice and the last true measure. Yeah. It's like sometimes those aren't quite as well known because, you know, the money lines are elsewhere in the speech um, in this 140 character world we live in. Um, so I wanted to pick something a little bit. Um, it is very well known, but it is after the most well known part of the second inaugural. And I chose it because it speaks directly to me today and, and yesterday when I was thinking about this. Um, and I'm just going to go with part of it that is really well known and finish it. And you're building up the suspense for this. Yeah. Man. And here we go. Do you want a drum roll here? <laughs> no. Uh, with firmness in the right, with firmness in the right, as God gives us to see the right, let us strive on to finish the work we are in to bind up the nation's wounds, to care for him who will have borne the battle and for his widow and, and his orphan, to do all which may achieve and cherish a just and lasting peace among ourselves and with all nations. So the pieces there, um, we actually are planning on dedicating a whole episode to the one line for him who shall have borne the battle and for his widow and his orphan. Uh, because what he's saying there is veterans matter mm-hmm. and we need to take care of veterans and their families, not just while they're active duty, but forever. I think that's extremely important that that is actually specifically mentioned as part of binding up the nation's wounds, talking about reconstruction in the post-Civil War world. But that end to do all which may, which may achieve and cherish a just and lasting peace among ourselves. And that just and lasting peace among ourselves we have not achieved 
And if this week is, or we've got much to do, uh, because I think that call, which starts with with Mel's tour and done with charity for all, and ends with achieve and cherish a just and lasting peace. I think that's such a great way to tie up that last paragraph of the speech, and something that should speak directly to because um, I don't feel we are doing all which may achieve and cherish a just and lasting peace. We have this hyper competitive political climate Mm -hmm. where, you know, when we're calling, calling each other names like snowflake and, you know, we've got accusations of fascism and racism and uh, everything else rising. Like how can we get to a point where we're achieving and cherishing um, a lasting peace among ourselves and, you know, the murder of 50 people although that's obviously the most immediately obvious example but it's just how how our discourse is with regard to all types of oppression which still exists so i like to point to lincoln's words and use that as a guide for myself to the extent that i can or as god gives me to see the right um and that's another sub piece too you know, when it says with firmness in the right, as God gives us to see the right, that doesn't allow us to say, now's not the time to talk about this. Now's not the time to deal with that. And he says, um, let us strive on to finish the work we are in, which in my, my last little preachy piece here, when he says, finish the work we are in, he uses verbs to bind up the nation's wounds, to care for him, to do all, all which may achieve. So he mentions God. He mentions the right. He does not mention thoughts. He does not mention prayers. Uh, he says to finish the work we are in, to bind up the nations and to care for him and to do all. Uh, so I guess I use that as a call to do more than just think and pray about things, but to do what is right with firmness and the right. Don't be in preachy. That was awesome. Why are you looking at me like that? <laughs> You're the only one I, in the room. I completely oh, agree. It's not, with what it's you not said. ones and zeros. That, Thank you. I I yep. like to quote. Yep. That was I one of the ones I. Way. That was you one guys, of the ones yeah. I had. I had that one as well. That was one of the ones I picked, and um, I picked it because it, it's just one of those ones that, again, like going back to. Um, what I was talking about earlier gives hope as well. Um, like I know when I was at the Lincoln Memorial back in June, um, my friend and I, when we were in DC, we were there for two days and we went to the Lincoln Memorial, like, I don't know, like four or five times. And each time we read the second inaugural. And every time I got to that last paragraph, you know, with malice toward none. And, and all I could think of is like, he's giving hope. And even today I can read these words and feel hope that, you know, wounds can be binded and nations can be healed and that there will one day be like a peace, like, and his words are here for us to read and remember that. I wish I had a positive outlook like you guys (laughs) did. I think it's kind of unrealistic, Uh, a lasting peace. I just, I believe history is sick 
typical. So even uh, but once those better days come, it leads us to get complacent, which leads mm-hmm. to uh, a crisis again. So do you, no, I do you agree feel with that too. The cyclical nature, do you feel like the cyclical nature is also kind of on an upward slant? So like, so like we do circle around, but we're moving forward as we. So like, even though we're moving back, you know what I mean. I get what you're saying. <laughs> I think it becomes more complex, like a spiral, and not necessarily better. Because I, I think a lot about technology. Like it becomes more <laughs> like, complex. Like more... a cue the Debbie Downer, the yeah. Debbie Downer music. <laughs> wow, and I consider like, I my, if... like I consider myself a pessimist by nature too. <laughs> like... <laughs> I, I just have, I have up. This dull shooting thing and everything added on top of it just really brought me down. Yeah, um, yeah I understand. Too. Yeah, same. Yeah, same here. And I, I, I think what he, I, I think Civil War. There, there's a book out there called The Four Turnings. They, they have like a high, which is the first turning, like growth, um, you know, industrial revolution. Then there's like a second turning, which is awakening. A lot of reforms happen there. A third turning, which is um, the unraveling. A lot of harsh debates, fourth turning crisis. I think what we see here in the second inaugural, Lincoln's realizing the crisis is coming to an end. Mm-hmm. All right, there's hope on the horizon. He's leading us into the high, which he should do. What he's and he's trying to make sure we get there with that last paragraph mm-hmm. in that speech. Mm-hmm. Uh, um, me right now, I feel like we're going into the crisis or. Mm-hmm. In, God, I hope we're in a crisis, to be honest. Um, but that's why I don't have the positive 2017 mm-hmm. view on it. Right. right. And I do think you can. It's a combination of those yeah. two, because like. To say history is cyclical, like slavery didn't come back. Right. So I mean, like, progress. Now, I, I understand what you're saying. Now, the wounds from slavery are still they're very, they're here. Open. Yeah, very, very much, much so. open. Right. I guess I right. haven't really and thought. I, sorry. So I guess like I had really thought about the cycles like, that way, like you are. Like it's progress each step of the way. I just see it as it's. I view it as a spiral in my head. Which the history goes on to more complex things. Is the spiral get. going up? It's gone. It's becoming fatter. So <laughs> like a tornado, like going out. I don't no, know. no, no, no. I, I see. I don't see it as three D. I guess. You know, Abraham Lincoln was much better imagery and speech than we are. Yeah. We're struggling yeah. a little. <laughs> so, yeah, and it's hard. It's hard to stay optimistic or to be optimistic. Uh, but that's why I look to this kind of mm-hmm. speech, and and that kind of helps me a little bit. Uh, but I I understand it is when when fifty plus people die, yeah. five hundred are wounded, and you know, well, shit, man. If we had Lincoln. Uh, yeah, maybe I feel a little bit better too about stuff. You know, somebody who can articulate this and mm-hmm. give a speech like this where it isn't, you know, about a competition. Do I look good enough yeah. or not? And I don't want to get too crazy yeah. and too carried away with this, yeah. but we don't we don't necessarily need an Abraham Lincoln. You know, we you know, like if we needed an intellectual someone who knew what they were talking yeah, I about, know. I know. You know, Hillary Clinton would have been that person. But anyway, mm-hmm. sorry. Bernie, Bernie. She, she yeah. Bernie. Yeah, so it's not like or you it's don't not like no, there's there was there was no option of someone that knew what they were talking about, knew how to get things done, 
had policies that were focused on people and ideas and progress, that was an option that more people chose than did not. We need an American Trudeau. I was just going to well, say, I'll send obviously. Justin. <laughs> I, and actually, it was one of the other ones I had picked was Better Angels because that's one Trudeau has referenced twice now in a speech and in, and in an interview. And I believe that every human has Better Angels. That belief mm -hmm. gets tested every yeah. day. Oh. Like, you know, like there are Better Angels in all yeah. of us. I have to appeal to mine because I hear the other ones yeah. all the time. But yeah. Anyway. Yeah, and I like like I do all the time as well. Like so, <laughs> like little voices in her head. Yeah, That's true. It happens. You so, call those angels? Some of them. I just call <laughs> yeah. them Nick two, Nick three, <laughs> Nick four. <laughs> so, all right. Well, this I enjoyed this episode. We're kind fun. of a little loose with yeah. it this time because sometimes we're more structured. Sometimes we're a little loose, um, but we uh, this was fun. Uh, a couple things you have coming up um, sometime in the next three-ish weeks. Uh, we're going to have a super fun trivia extravaganza. Oh, gosh. Not looking forward uh, Which to will be fun. We're getting some help from a friend of the show, George. He hosts the podcast called Something Something Birds. Check it out. It's like an eight-minute trivia show. Super fun. It's a music trivia podcast. I recommend it. It's, 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 it's a fun listen and it's quick. Um, he started it uh, maybe six months ago or so. Uh, he's going to help us out by being our trivia host coming up here. Um, and we're also going to have some other little surprises for you. So that trivia show will be fun. Can I bring in a, a, a to help me? Dr. Cornelius is not available. Uh, actually, he is. No, <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> Wouldn't that be awesome if I had him? <laughs> I don't know how fun that would be. Like, oh, we lost infinity to zero. Like, hey, actually, that is not the correct answer because of the need to. See. Yeah, yeah. The host is just like, yeah. I researched these answers, but I'm not. I didn't ask that. <laughs> I actually had the letter in my safe at work. Yeah. that will disprove this. Yeah, like you can't prove that. Actually, yes, I can. Like. Did you bring those? Here you go. Yeah. <laughs> but anyway, so the trivia show should be fun. That's coming up. Um, we are, are, is it 18 episodes in? Yeah. I'm glad we talked about Grant in episode 18 because, you know. Dude, two. the three Lincolns in Washington, I still, did anybody ever tweet that? Do we have a win? I will. Do we yeah. have, I don't think it'd be did they? <laughs> If you tweet, we're going to look through that. Uh, I, I'll be honest, that was completely my fault. I totally forgot about that. Well, we I forgot to mention at the end of that show. Okay. Here. Okay. Right now, to win three Lincolns in Washington, that's $16 American. <laughs> um, you're going to retweet the show and make sure you put at rail splitter show 18. Anyone's retweeted between the 16th and then the week that this show is out. So anytime between when we posted 16, so 16, 17, 18. Right. So if you tweeted anything at rail splitter pod between the 16th show and, and but before we post the 19th show, so 16, 17, anything we will use that uh, or those, the three Lincolns in a Washington for any, Lincoln item of your choice, right? 
and we'll reveal the winner the next show? Uh, probably on 19 because we'll we get to draw it out of the hat. Yeah, yeah. Uh, neither 19 or 20. Yeah, probably my Blackhawks ass since hockey season starting. And I'm the uh, only Canadian that does this not week care. This week in Lincoln, I um, I'm gonna I brought the, this. I didn't bring it literally. I have in my office. I used to have one here, but we used them all. Star Wars Legos. I do have a lot of Star Wars Legos in my office, and they're cool. Kylo Ren's Tie Fighter, amazing. I hate Kylo. Well, he did murder a bunch of kids. Yeah, that's, that's like the thing in Star yeah. Wars. People just ignore that. Like Darth Vader yeah. killed a bunch of children. Oh, they're still good. Yeah, they're like, like, what? What are you talking oh. about? He murdered children. <laughs> but he let Luke live at that. It's like, oh yeah, he came full circle totally. <laughs> I feel it. They're still good in him. Okay, there's still better angels in him. Apparently, yeah, still like one. crimes are on for a devil. <laughs> anyway, I do have lay Star Wars Legos in my office. I also have Abraham Lincoln bandages. I believe Band-Aid is a term uh, that's copyrighted by Johnson & Johnson. So these are called bandages. Unless you want to sponsor us. Right. They are little Band-Aids, little bandages uh, that have, they're very long and narrow, so they got Abraham Lincoln on them. And they come in a nice little tin case. They were a gift to me from our colleague Jen, who bought them in Galena, Illinois. J. Jenny Star? Yeah. Yeah. So oh. they say on the side of them, these will heal your wounds. <laughs> I don't use Band-Aids. I'm a man. I let Sometimes it Sometimes we just put Band-Aids. Then, was it? Glade or whatever. <laughs> so I will uh, put a picture of the, the Abraham Lincoln bandages on Twitter and Instagram, which means you should follow us. Uh, on Twitter and Instagram, we are at Real Splitter Pod. You can email us at the Real Splitter Podcast at gmail.com. I'll send you some uh, pictures of me and Galena that I found during the show. Also, um, the Facebook group is really active, which is really cool. Uh, we, we've got uh, one of our listeners, John, posted some photos of Grant's childhood home, which was really cool. He also uh, posted a photo from DC, uh, the Capitol floor where Lincoln was in the house. It's such a such a cool thing. Mm-hmm. Um, there were I posted of some Galena photos and some Freeport photos. Uh, Mary, you put some stuff out yep. there about I an interesting article you yep. found. So yep. please join the Facebook group. It's super fun. Agree. Join it if you like what you're hearing. You should go to iTunes, rate us, and if you even feel, you know, into it, write us to review. Uh, that really helps us move up the iTunes list. You know, we, we reach out to Dr. Cornelius. We go, bam, we're number one. We're a five-star podcast, doctor. Please come back on. You help make us a five-star. Yeah. <laughs> he did not ask for our credentials when we asked him to come on. He was just like, sure, I will help you out because I'm a nice person. He is super nice. So... Um, so if we have a review, we'll read it on the air. Uh, we don't have any to read this week. Hopefully next week we'll have some. Any parting thoughts, Mary or Nick? Well, that was a really awesome episode. It was fun discussing what he said. And I think we've probably got <laughs> enough material for a second episode for that. 
we will revisit this. I'm sure. I think we do have uh, have some extra stuff, extra lines. Yeah. Nick, Nick, what do you got for us? Uh, yeah, I'm sitting on three now. Maybe we'll do a bonus after show. Right now, dude, it's late, man. <laughs> That's true. So no, I want to say uh, to everybody out there in the world in the rail splitter land, uh, especially in Vegas. Puerto Rico, Houston, Florida area that was hit. We're here. We're thinking about you. Um, and keep trucking. There are better days coming along. Right. I agree with that. Um, mm-hmm. Much yeah. love and positive vibes your way. Um, and we'll, I'm, I'm personally trying to do more than just thinking and praying um, within my sphere of influence to do as much as I can to help out. So the next few weeks coming up for the show. So definitely keep tuning in we uh we appreciate you the best thing about this show is the listeners and we wanted to say thank you and keep walking the world with malice toward none and with charity for all and we will see you next week